Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Guests appear on the Smile Center hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show. Live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb is college basketball and college football writer for CBS Sports. He's on X at David W. Cobb. He joins me now via the phone line. David, what is happening, man? How are you? Gabe, it's been a long time, my friend. How are you? I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. But you're doing, you're doing well, right? I'm doing okay. I, I'm, I'm worried. Like, I know the way this Memphis basketball season is going. Like, it's got to be taking a toll. Got to be taking this toll on you. Like I hope you're, I hope you're doing like really doing all right. <laughs> yeah, you did say when 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 I scheduled this, you said this too shall pass. Yeah, yeah. And I then the right and thing d- d- what was what was my response? I said I I don't know. I we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we were talking before the Rice game, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking there's no way, right? Like there, that's the get right spot. And uh, lo and behold, I was I actually didn't see much of, of the Rice game. I was I was on uh, assignment for a little feature I'm working on, but I, I looked at the score early in the second half, and my jaw just dropped. I could not believe it. Um, anyway, uh, that's it's a bummer for you guys in the city because there was such promise and it was it was so fun for so long. Well, I want to avoid that for a second. We'll get back to it. I want to talk about the AFC and NFC. I mean, the the SEC and the Big Ten uh, joining <laughs> together and, and creating an advisory panel. Um, this feels like the first step to a break off entity, and, and and honestly, the NCAA has no one to blame but themselves for for where this thing is headed. The mismanagement over the years, the mismanagement of the the Tennessee situation with the NIL violations. This is this is just a complete failure that we're used to, quite frankly, from the NCAA that has led to this. Yeah, it is. No, it's funny. The uh, the total number of teams starting this year in those two conferences is 34. So really all you got to do is kick out Vanderbilt and kick out Northwestern, and you're at 32. <laughs> right. Like, why not affiliate each team with an NFL franchise and uh, <laughs> basically just create the minor league football? The, the feeder league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, played in the spring or something. Uh I, I don't know, but it's uh, monumental potentially today. Now, there was a lot of contingencies in this announcement from the Big Ten and the SEC, basically saying, hey, we don't even know who's on this panel yet. We don't know specifically what we're going to tackle or when we're going to tackle it. Um, in some ways, it reminded me of the alliance announcement uh, from three years ago, if you remember, right. uh, when, when everyone was all concerned about the SEC snapping up Texas and Oklahoma, the Big Ten – 
the ACC and the Pac-12 banded together, light on specifics, but big on talk. And now with the SEC and the Big Ten's announcement today, we're light on specifics, but we're big on talk. Now can we actually get things done? Because Lord knows there are a lot of committees, a lot of boards, a lot of panels in college sports, and most of them accomplish absolutely nothing and only set things back. Can this one be different? Uh, I'll believe it when I see it, but I at least think it has the potential to, to make actual change. I think the two massive differences I'd point to is, one, the Big Ten had power over the two two conferences they were aligned with. Um, I don't think the Big Ten has power over the SEC. I think they're on a relatively level playing field. And also, when we talk about a break-off entity, um, I don't know if that alliance had the same amount of power at the top as this alliance has. You have Tony Petiti, you have Greg Sankey, you have all of the TV money. I mean, literally, just, just I mean, I, I don't know the exact percentage, but I, if I'm estimating or guesstimating, probably about 75% to 80% of the, the TV money that, that flows through college football. It feels like all of the pieces for them to break off and have the advisory panel they need, it's right there. It's right there for them, as opposed to the alliance when, when, we, when we did that. Oh, right, and, and and that was the, the alliance from three years ago. It was more of a s- scheduling based type of thing, trying to to wrestle power back within the the field of play to a certain extent. This is bigger picture. This is Greg Sankey. You see some of his remarks today talking about the NCAA getting caught up in fights. Right, he's alluding to the Tennessee case. He's alluding to the NCAA pursuing Florida and Florida State on NIL infractions instead of actually trying to fix the system. They want to fix this system with this partnership. And what it ultimately comes down to is will they be, be willing to enter uh, collective bargaining uh, right. with the athletes directly? That's the end game here. And if they're going to acknowledge that, there's going to be massive ramifications for their member institutions. I mean, entering a, a, an era of collective bargaining would mean the end of ballooning coach salaries. It would mean the end of having 15 associate deputy executive athletic directors all making 150 K or more. Uh, it would, it would hopefully not be the end of non-revenue sports, but they would have to figure that out. So there's a lot of big questions that they would have to, uh, really tackle if, if they're actually going to affect change, because if it's just a, their own spin on what the NCAA has always been, then it's going to be just as flimsy to legal challenges as, as everything we've seen so far. And I'll say this, David, from if I'm reading sort of the, the tea leaves here of, of what is happening right now in college football in particular, we have GMs at most major schools. Uh, Memphis just hired one even. Uh, even, at, even at some of the non-major schools, we have GMs, general managers, to look over rosters. And also we have coaches hightailing at the hell out of college football. Jeff Halfley just left uh, BC, and we could have arguments about why he ultimately left, but he left for a defensive coordinator position with the Packers. I mean, if you just sort of pay attention to the guys within the sport and the different sort of jobs that are being created in the sport, this is the way we're headed, and they're trying to get the the, the first the first sort of uh, you know they're trying to morph, evolve a little bit to make that th- to make that happen, to make the employer employee relationship a little bit easier when they actually get to it. Yeah, and you see Chip Kelly being being rumored for yep. coordinator positions at the NFL level. He don't want to have to fool with going to the Big Ten and and taking UCLA across the country four or five times a year uh, for conference games, two three time zones away, while also dealing with uh, the the NIL landscape and everything involved with retaining your own roster. There's there's a lot to it right now, and 
you know, the massive number of issues in college sports, uh, the NCAA is increasingly inept to address, and they continue to be cut off at the knees in court with the transfer ruling, with uh, a number of cases proceeding right now that are going to force the hand of collegiate administrators with the employee thing. And so if the uh, Big Ten and SEC can kind of get out in front of it and be prepared for that, then uh, they'll, they'll be the better for it when the day comes that, that a big court ruling comes down that says uh, the athletes are employees. And so, you know, Greg Sankey, it was funny. I was on with Jeffrey on Wednesday. He asked me, what do you think Greg Sankey's uh, cooking up right now? And I kind of mentioned, you know, he's been, he's been quiet. I, I'm sure he's, he's got something in the works, but I didn't know what. And now here we are uh, 48 hours later, uh, he, he comes out with this bombshell uh, in cahoots with, with Tony Petiti at the Big Ten uh, to where they're trying to take the wheel right now in, in, in college sports to a certain degree. Now the timing brings this next question up, but how much did the ten- Tennessee NIL violation, the investigation going on at Tennessee through the NCAA, how much do you think that played part in, in, in this, um, this sort of alliance, these two, these two big entities, Big Ten and SEC, banding together? I think it played a part because it, if you read the announcement today, it feels a little rushed. Uh, as I talked about, they're so light on specifics right now. But I think they're trying to get it out there as soon as they can to say, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to let the NCAA uh, punish our members. Like there's only 34 schools between these two leagues now. And uh, if, you, if you come out, if you start coming after them like they have with Florida, like they have with Tennessee, uh, the Big Ten and the SEC, they don't want their schools to be the ones that, that are made an example out of. Um, maybe if uh, instead of a, a big case against Tennessee, this had been a big case against Oklahoma State yeah. <laughs> in the Big 12, like may, maybe uh, maybe they sit back and, and get a little more details, get a little more specific uh, on this thing before they unveil it. But uh, I, I do think uh, to a certain degree – uh, with the magnitude of that Tennessee lawsuit um, and, and the ramifications that, that could come from that, uh, I think this is the SEC and the Big Ten sort of planting their flag uh, on the Tennessee side of that of that argument. And they're they're basically saying they. I, I think you don't you don't attach your name to something that you think's a loser. They, they clearly think it's a winner. Yes, uh, and, and, it, <laughs> and it will be if you look at the recent track record. The most the most prominent recent example of an NCAA court loss is that that West Virginia basketball player case where several states uh, joined together to challenge the NCAA's rule against the, the two-time transfers. And uh, because of that ruling, we've seen uh, all these basketball players around the country uh, who were being forced to sit out uh, get eligibility this season. And that's not a permanent ruling yet, but what happens is a precedent gets set when a temporary restraining order is issued by a federal judge. And you know, that leads to the rules ultimately being unenforceable by the NCAA. And if the NIL rules are going to be unenforceable, then we are essentially at the point there where, um, you know, you are able to be paid. You don't have to um, pretend like it's not a recruiting inducement. Um, all the NIL things that we've seen over the last three years and, and sort of the dancing around pay for play, all that goes out the window. Uh, whenever this Tennessee case is ultimately uh, adjudicated. So it's, um, yeah, you don't plant your flag with a loser, like you said. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, this has all been going this way for a long time. Yeah. And the NCAA, to, <laughs> in its defense, what, what the NCAA is doing is what its members have asked it to do, which is, hey, uh, enforce this pay-for-play rule that you have. Um, you know, right? And so they're like, okay. Right, uh, but 
One thing I've struggled with, David, and like whenever I see the NIL violations, you know, investigation, whether it's Florida State or Tennessee, I just laugh because it's just hilarious. Okay, why are you going after those two schools? Everybody does it. But I just struggle to understand. You, you talk about, okay, maybe their their member institutions are asking for this, but what did the NCAA think they had to gain in going after those two schools? Like what what right. what in the end of the day did they think positive would come out of it for them? Because seemingly going after them is going to lose them control of college football at large. Right, and they, they picked a big fight because the, the Nico uh, situation, that dollar figure that's been attached to him of $8 million uh, since he signed with Tennessee, uh, it, it, it was the biggest fight that they could pick. And they picked it with a wounded animal because Tennessee is on probation because of the 18 uh, level one violations they were accused of committing under Jeremy Pruitt. And they only settled that case six months ago. So another major infractions case against Tennessee could be catastrophic, sort of in the old way of thinking, right? You, you start to bring in uh, you know, postseason bans and uh, large-scale uh, penalties and all this, and Tennessee's not going sit to sit down and take that. Uh, when they're already on probation and, uh, you know, something like that could seriously hinder them. And, oh, by the way, everybody else is doing it, so why are you picking on us? And so, you know, if they had picked that fight against Tennessee when um, Beverly Davenport was the chancellor and Philip Fulmer was the athletic director, I don't know that Tennessee would have been in position to be as forceful in their response. But Tennessee over the last couple of years has actually sort of gotten its act together with its leadership They've got the state on their side, and uh, you saw very quickly uh, how ready Tennessee was to respond uh, when when the news dropped about the NCAA's uh, investigation. Do you have any guesses on timetable when we see sort of the first announcement from these two entities and what they want to do and what type of changes they want to make to the college athletics landscape? Like, what what's your best guess on on what we'll hear from them and when we'll hear it from them? Yeah, now it now they've put it out there, so now they've actually got to get together and make something happen or else it's just more hot air. Right. It's just like the Alliance was, it's just another bag of wind and it goes nowhere. Right. So yeah, they, they, Tony Petiti and Greg Sankey have to get together. They got to do, they got to do it quickly. I mean, you know, you think about the sort of linchpins in the college sports calendar, you got the final four coming up and then uh, these leagues have their spring meetings and all these sorts of things. And, and once the, the academic, year comes to a close then you start to get the four member schools from the pac-12 joining the big 10 and once this academic year is over the texas and oklahoma are permanently done with the big 12 i guess probably whenever the big 12 baseball tournament is over with right (laughs) and and to me that's sort of the the time frame when these schools are now a part of their new leagues they're at full strength and, and they can all sort of sit down together uh, as official full-fledged partners and start to hammer some of this stuff out. Yep, talking with David Cobb at David W. Cobb, uh, college basketball, college football writer for CBS Sports. Now to Tiger basketball. What do they have to do to save their at-large hopes? 15-6, and 4-4 four and four in conference has been a two-and-a-half-week period, and I, I keep bringing this up because I just think it's a good a, example of how far they've fallen. They were number 10 in the AP poll a couple of weeks ago. Now they are 7th in the American <laughs> Athletic Conference after losing to Rice. What can they do with these last 10 games to save at-large hopes? Is it 9-1? and one? Is it 10-0? and oh? Obviously it depends on what happens around them, but you know, if we're just speaking generally, what can they do to save those at-large hopes? Oh, well, I guess the good news, Gabe, is that the uh, AAC actually is producing some more decent, somewhat respectable <laughs> uh, teams than sure. they expected. Like, sure. okay, yeah. maybe Silver uh, Rose, linings. There you go. 
roadies against North Texas and SMU, you wouldn't have thought before the season would have meant, would have meant much. Uh, but those teams are on the fringe of you going there and that being a quad one game. So you could theoretically, if, if both FAU games end up being quad one, if North Texas and SMU end up being quad one on the road, you could still have four quad one games. In, in all reality, you'll probably end up with two or three. But, I mean, four out of your last ten being quad one potentially – that's as many, you know, a 40% quad one rate. That's as good as you're going to get anywhere in college basketball, except for maybe the Big 12. So it's not completely bleak from, from the big picture standpoint. But, I mean, on the court, it's just going in such a sour trajectory right now that it's hard to believe they're going to beat anybody right now. I mean, we had to pick games for, for uh, CBS Sports this week, and one of the ones we're picking is Memphis-Wichita State because it's on CBS. And – uh, you know, the line I was given was Memphis minus 11, and I picked Wichita State to win straight up because, <laughs> right. I mean, wh- why wouldn't you at this point? So there is still hope from a uh, standpoint of the schedule giving them a chance to continue building a resume. But, I mean, I, I pulled up Jerry Palm's bracketology at our site uh, about an hour ago, and he's got Memphis uh, out of the field and not even in the first four out category. So when you say nine and one or 10 and oh, I think that's close to what it is. I think eight and two could maybe do it. Um, seven and three, if two of those wins are over FAU, right, maybe gives you a shot. And then you got to kind of got to see what the AAC tournament brings. But it's, um, it's just, it's mind boggling. It's, it's kind of difficult to even wrap your mind around how they've gotten to this spot. See, but even if it's eight and two, this is what I was thinking about. Yeah, it has to be the right eight and two. You can't lose. Like, even if you go eight and two, you can't lose one game to East Car- East Carolina or lose one game at Temple. That that right. st- you you stick the fork in them at that point. You, yeah, you do, and and to a certain extent, I think I think that I've already stuck the fork in them. But you know, uh, there's right. been times when we've done that with with Memphis and Penny over the years, and they've managed to figure it out. Uh, those FAU games are huge. You know, thankfully they've kind of held on and remained good when they were a little bit wobbly uh, earlier in the year. Um, so there is still a big prize there at the end of the schedule. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's baffling. I mean, in particular the defense, as I'm sure has been well covered, it's, uh, it's just kind of shocking to see opponents getting such good looks against Memphis uh, when defense was for so long a, a hallmark and a linchpin of their uh, identity under Penny Hardaway. Yeah, and, and it, Penny at some point during every season, maybe not last year, I think last year's the outlier because they were pretty consistent throughout it. All of the negative narratives and agendas and the, you know the conversations that are had about Penny Hardaway, he has a way outside of last year of sort of proving them right, doesn't he? He does, and, and you know there there have been times where I've thought they've been done before, and they've they rallied, and and so there's enough left on this schedule for them to do it. I mean, I always think back to UConn last year, and and you know the ship has sailed on on you know Memphis being a, a, a Final Four team, right? But you know UConn lost five out of six at one point last season, and they went on to win the national championship in rather convincing fashion. I mean, turnarounds do happen. It's not impossible to struggle for a stretch in college basketball and then get it back. Um, you, you look at the, 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 the moving parts there and, you know, you, you lose Caleb Mills, you got to adjust. You add Naquan Tomlin, you got to adjust. And, and so at some point, you know, you got to look at it and say, well, this is a team still figuring out how to play. And he's experimenting with lineups. He's putting Jonathan Pierre out there. He's, he's, <laughs> he's looking, he's trying. I mean, you can't say well, he's not. I, listen, I'll say this. Cause I, 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 I was rather, 
outspoken against Penny Hardaway and what he did in that Rice game um, the other night. But, yeah, throwing Jonathan Pierre out there alongside Jaquan Walton, David Jones, Naquan Tomlin, Malcolm Dandridge, it just felt like he lost his mind. It felt like he <laughs> like it's a guy who is just so fed up with the way things are going that he's just completely lost his train of thought. And then, you know, he got it back, I guess, in the second half when they started to make a run. He threw out everybody, the starting lineup he's been throwing out for the last 10 games. But he, he, he you know, put in Naquan Tomlin instead of Malcolm Dandridge. And quite frankly, I, I think that's an interesting step to take because Malcolm Dandridge is playing his best college basketball of his career. But the other night against Rice, I, I truly believe this. I've been watching a lot of college basketball this year. That was the most mismanaged hat by half by any college basketball coach I've seen in this entire season. It was just, there was, I think it was eight guys he played in the first eight minutes, nine guys in the first nine minutes, 10 in the first 10, and then 11 in the first 12. I don't know how you can facilitate winning basketball when you're just throwing a bunch of pieces out there that you have no idea how they're going to work together with each other. Yeah, you're just throwing stuff at the wall at this point to see what sticks. And that's a, that's a brutal position to be in. And, I think it's unusual or odd or interesting that when Naquan Tomlin joined this it, team, it's it, true. It, his first game was the Vanderbilt game, and that was sort of when things started to get sideways. But it's weird because if you go and look at Naquan Tomlin's numbers, I mean, he is almost to a T uh, what he was at Kansas State. I mean, he has almost statistically been exactly what you thought you were going to get, and that's a, that's a good player. And in the advanced metrics, he himself ranks pretty well within the Memphis roster. But for whatever reason, since his addition, the the overall team performance hasn't been what it was in the first half of the season. So I'm not blaming Naquan Tomlin for it. I'm just pointing out that it's interesting that since he's been added to the mix, it is really when they've started to struggle. Well, it's the risk that a lot of teams run when they bring in a bunch of mismatched parts, a bunch of different parts from different places that were maybe one or two on their particular roster, wherever it was in the country. I think we see some of that with Arkansas as well. Like they're struggling with a bunch of mismatched parts. It's just the risk that a lot of coaches run in this day and age. Yeah, and, and Musselman's been doing the same thing at Arkansas with just throwing different lineups out there. They've had guys leave the program. Uh, it's it's a mess, and you know you kind of trust somebody like Musselman to get it figured out, but he hasn't figured it out this year. So Memphis isn't alone in that. You know, the continuity aspect is is interesting. You bring that up. You know, the the defense in particular, when you've got guys who have been in your program for a long time or you have continuity on your staff, it's easier to carry that over from year to year. But you look at Memphis and all the staff turnover that they've had, and you look at this year's roster and see Malco and uh, Jaden Hardaway really being the only guys with significant experience in the program, it's you know not shocking that maybe the uh, the defensive DNA isn't so much a part of this team. And uh, that's that's the risk you run. It's just it's just surprising because it didn't seem like that stuff was was an issue early right. in the season. So to see it kind of pop up in the second half, I think is is what's so concerning. Now holler at me about your your teams in college basketball right now. Your your national championship teams that you that you will project right this second. Yeah, I mean you got to love UConn. Uh, of course. This, this time last year, they'd already lost six games, and they ended up marching on to win the national title in, in totally dominant fashion. This time around, they've only lost two, and uh, they're they're sitting pretty comfortably atop the Big East and, and are only going to get better as they continue to play with full health. And then I think the other two that have separated themselves are Houston 
and Purdue. Uh, Houston had a rough start. Life in the Big 12, uh, they lost their first two road games in the league. Looked like they might be more of a of a 10 and 8 type of Big 12 team, but since then, man, they have figured it out. They got Jamal Shedd getting buckets. Their defense is vicious as ever. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Actually, uh, right now, the bracketology at CBS has Houston coming to Memphis uh, for its its uh, first two NCAA tournament games, which would be a an interesting dynamic. But, uh, yeah, those three have separated themselves. And I'm still a believer in Purdue, even though most people – you know, are, are skeptical of their ability to perform in March. And it's just because their supporting cast really has uh, improved around Zach. They, they've got better backcourt pieces. It's that simple. They do. Right. They shoot the ball very, very well. More consistent. Year, they didn't last year. And that's, I mean, a huge difference. Uh, they're, they're shooting like almost 40% from three. Whereas like last year, they were only shooting 31, 32%. And uh, they went cold against FDU. I don't think this year's team necessarily goes cold uh, and just can't make a, anything from the outside uh, like that team uh, last year. Yes, sir. Well, David, enjoy your weekend. I appreciate you joining. We'll do it again soon. All right, Gabe. Sounds good. Yes, sir. He is a college football, college basketball writer for CBS Sports. David Cobb on X at David W. Cobb. Now, Oxbow's a family-owned and operated retail store. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co-worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Right here in Memphis that you can go check out right now. 964 June Road, off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amico Station. Very conveniently placed. And uh, they have just about everything you could possibly need. One, they have a great staff, kind, courteous, that will show you in the direction of what you need. But they have clothing, uh, and they have good game day clothing. Uh, whether it's Grizzlies or Tigers or Arkansas or Tennessee or Alabama, they have it. You name it, they have it. And they have it in the best brands. Genteel, Free Fly, Fair Harbor, Duckhead, Mizzen, and Maine. Go check out all of the clothing there. They also have vintage vinyl for you music lovers. They have sports memorabilia for the diehard sports fans, and they have a great selection of that. Go check that out. And then they have hunting and outdoor essentials. And then if you are someone who likes to uh, tailgate, come football season, they have cups, koozies, coolers, uh, tumblers, all for your enjoyment. Get into 964 June Road, off Poplar, on June Road, behind the Amico Station. And if you want to go online to shop at Oxbow, go to shopoxbow.com. They have an online store with just about everything on that site, shopoxbow.com. And when you go to check out, I try to give back. They have a promo code uh, section that you can write a promo code in, and my promo code is The Gabe Show. All caps, no spaces, The Gabe Show. And at shopoxbow.com, if you put in The Gabe Show, you get 20% off your online 
order. But whether you're going online or going to 964 June Road, make sure that you shop local, shop Oxbow. Now it's time to take a trip around the National Football League. We'll do that next. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's time to take a trip around the National Football League, brought to you by Longshot. The Chicago Bears. Now, there's a lot going on with Caleb Williams, who supposedly is going to be the number one draft pick to the Chicago Bears. But Colin Coward's doing a lot of talking. He's doing a lot of talking. Now, yesterday he said that Caleb Williams does not want to go to the Bears. And then today he had to revise that because someone from Caleb Williams' camp basically told him that we're not going to be painted as anti-Bears. If he gets drafted by the Bears, he'll go there. Uh, he went on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score today and said that he's not going to pull a John Elway and not show up. Um, so there's a lot of things going on um, with, with the Caleb Williams sweepstakes right this second that are just concerning if you're Bears fans. And then one thing that he did say that I think is being confirmed throughout the World Wide Web today, this is Colin Coward talking on Caleb Williams' behalf, there's apparently five other teams that have gotten background checks on Caleb Williams. And there is the thought that they're going to try to put together packages to go trade up to go get Caleb Williams with that Bears pick. Will the Bears come off of it? Will they not? I think we have some questions and some debates that will continue to rage on as we get closer to the draft. But it looks like we're sort of in a, in a waiting game when it comes to Caleb Williams. Will he go to the Bears? Um, will the Bears end up trading that pick? We will, uh, we will see what the reporting is on this as we continue to get closer to the 2024 NFL draft. The Las Vegas Raiders. How about this? The Raiders hired an OC yesterday. Did you see who it was, Connor? Did you see who it was? Cliff Kingsbury is brought in as the OC for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Now, here's my question. I have two interesting thoughts on what they need to do because they need a quarterback. You're not going in with Aiden O'Connell to run a uh, Cliff Kingsbury um a Cliff Kingsbury system. I think one thought is if they stay in the draft, they pick, I think, 11th, something like that. Michael Penix Jr. or something like that, maybe? Maybe? That could be one thought. Here's my thought, though. Here's my more my, my, my favorite thought. Go trade for Justin Fields. Go trade for Justin Fields. Why not? They're not going to ask for too much second and third round pick. Give that up. See what you can get out of them. I think that Cliff Kingsbury and his system – with what he did with Kyler Murray, you can do similar things with Justin Fields. He's got he needs some leadership. He needs some guys that he can throw the ball downfield to. And who do they have in Las Vegas? They have Devontae Adams. He's the better version of DJ Moore, He's who is good. by far the best uh target that Justin Fields had. So I think that the Raiders should think about it now that they have Cliff Kingsbury in there. Antonio Pierce, this is an interesting hire. I think he'll handle the defensive side of the ball, so you don't have to worry about Cliff Kingsbury screwing that up. But their offense could be prolific. They just have to find a quarterback. The Tennessee Titans. This is really good for Titans fans. And I'm seriously, like, pay attention to things when they happen. And I know that offensive line coaches don't jump off the page as, like, the most sexy names, okay? But Brian Callahan was hired as the head coach for the Titans. He's going to bring in Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan, who is, in my opinion, the best offensive line coach in the the NFL, likely in the country if you count college football, and the NFL. He is Brian's dad. He was the Browns offensive line coach 
for the past four years with Kevin Stefanski there. He, you, you know that offensive line is great. He developed Wyatt Teller into an all-pro. He developed Joel Batonio into an all-pro. He's done a really good job. And think about the guys up front, up front for the Titans right now. You have Peter Skaronsky, who you just took in last year's draft. Why wouldn't he be developed into a really good pro? You could take Joe Alt as a tackle in the first round this year if you're the Titans. Go for another offensive lineman to bolster that spot, to, to protect Will Levis. I love this hire. I figured it was going to be made because Brian Callahan is his son. But Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach. I know that offensive line coaches don't bring in the sexy headlines. But this is an awesome, exciting hire. As exciting as an offensive line coach hire could possibly be. The Washington Commanders. We have another interesting discussion to have. Now, when Jeff Halfley, the Boston College head coach, who led Boston College in four years to three bowl-eligible seasons, when he left to be the defensive coordinator to replace Joe Barry in, in Green Bay with the Packers, we're sitting there, we're like, okay, he, he really doesn't like the way things are going with college football. Some people were speculating that he sort of peaked at Boston College, which I think is fair. Um, but now we have another guy who is at, at a bigger place. It's not Boston College. We have a guy from UCLA who's the head coach at UCLA, Chip Kelly. He is potentially going to be in the running, and he's had two separate interviews, to be the commander's offensive coordinator. To be the commander's offensive He would leave, theoretically, leave UCLA as the head coach to go to be the OC for the commanders. If that doesn't tell you about where we're at in college football and the recruiting calendar and these older coaches not wanting to stay around and see that through and not wanting to have to deal with employer-employee relationship, not wanting to have to deal with moving parts every which way with the NCAA. Chip Kelly leaving a head coaching perch at UCLA where he's making plenty of money to go be an OC with the commanders, that should tell you all you need to know about where coaches are going to want to coach as their career starts to blossom and gets older as, as they start to have success. But I think if this ultimately happens, this is a, a massive indictment of the college football system. There's just too much strain put on these coaches. They need more help. Yeah, the money is there for it. I understand that. And it's not necessarily about having more time with their wife and kids, right? They're never going to have that even if they're in the NFL. But they want more time in the film room. They want more time with their guys. They want more understanding of who's going to be on the damn roster. So if Chip Kelly leaves, I think the indictment of college football at large is, is certainly there. But last year at the Super Bowl, Rob Gronkowski went wide left on FanDuel's Kick of Destiny. Now he's back for Kick of Destiny 2. And this time you can play along. All you have to do is choose if Gronk will make or miss. Get your free pick in right now because if you're right, you'll win a share of $10 million in bonus bets. Everyone can get in on the action when Gronk takes his shot at redemption for Super Bowl 58. Whether your team make or team miss, just head to the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get your pick in. It's absolutely free. Then tune in before the game to see Gronk's kick live. You'll want to share $10 million in bonus bets if you're right. New, new to FanDuel, make sure you go to FanDuel.com slash Gabe K, G-A-B-E-K. That is my promo code. Again, G-A-B-E-K to join today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and 92.9 ESPN. Must be 21 plus and present in Tennessee. No purchase necessary. $10 million prize pool to be split equally among all eligible participants who made the correct pick. Prize issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt restrictions apply. Seats full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call the Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9788.
tonight. Now, as we get to small talk, we have to change our tone at least a tad bit, but we will be remembering Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers passed today at 76 years of age, legendary actor. Uh, I mean, he played for the BC Lions, the Raiders, but he died at 76. So we will remember him next with small talk. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Back in on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. It's time for Small Talk, brought to you by Conway Services, reputable service available seven days a week. We have to remember a great, a great, an actor, um... That would be Carl Weathers. He died at 76 today. His family said he died peacefully in his sleep. Um, but we have to remember him, man. This is Apollo Creed. This is a uh, guy. He was in The Mandalorian as of recently. I enjoyed his part in there. I mean, this guy, it's legendary what he was able to accomplish throughout his career. And I, I think we have to take some time to remember uh, all the great roles he played and who he was as a guy at Chubbs. And, and Happy Gilmore. I know a lot of the 90s babies love that. But I know Connor. I mean, Connor said, I might have to miss today. Carl Weathers passed away. This is, this is an emotional day. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a devastating day in the, you know, for, for people who love movies. Because Carl Weathers was someone who, whenever he appeared on screen, he immediately had a warmth and made you yep. trust whatever you were watching. He brought a fun to every single project that he was ever on. Um, you know, everybody knows him as Apollo Creed and they should, because it was one of the best sports characters of all time. I mean, when people rank them, a lot of people probably have him in the top 10, especially if you're just talking about supporting, uh, strictly supporting, but then you even go to, you know, predator when he was Dylan, one of the most famous handshakes of all time was Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and, and Dylan, uh, you know, having that handshake at the very beginning of the movie, and then, of course, Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. But then he was a really underrated act, or director, and what's very sad about him passing away now is that he had really only started getting going with directing. He only had 17 directing projects. Two of them were, were The Mandalorian, but two of the be- better episodes were directed by Carl Weathers. He was really starting to kind of go into the next phase of his career, and it was going to be more so behind the camera. A lot of people also have been pointing out today how hysterical he was on Arrested Development right. and Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, he had appearances on both of those, and one of the best things about that character was that he pitched himself to be a cheapskate on there. So that's why the, the bone broth soup is right. going around a lot. A lot of people are going to be going to get a single chicken bone from a restaurant, make a Carl Weathers bone broth soup today. So, yeah, it's just it's a massive loss for people who love movies. It's a massive loss for just anybody who has ever watched him. Um, it truly is. It sucks, <laughs> like, man. It's really about, sad. It's just about it's his really career, sad. too. Like, how legendary, man. He's a With legend. the Raiders, he was an NFL linebacker. He played with the BC Lions and the CFL, and that led to an acting and directing career that is just legendary in the eyes of everybody. And I, I, I didn't really know he had any health issues. Uh, I, I, I don't know if his family knew. I don't know the whole, the whole details about it, but... 76 years of age, he lived a long, good life. Um, but it, feel like, it still feels like there's a lot more out there for him. You yeah. know what I mean? It still well, feels like there was plenty out there for him to accomplish. He was just, he was a pioneer, you know. He, he was a pioneer in film. He really was. He paved the way. If you look at it, two of the biggest action stars we've ever had, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger, two of their biggest movies 
have direct connection to Carl Weathers, and he helped elevate those projects. Every time he was in something, it wasn't just because, you know, he was a fun actor. He was a great actor. He yeah. became those characters. I mean, I how mean, many different, like, roles, like, the, 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 what he could accomplish, like, even, I mean, we're talking about Happy Gilmore all the way to Rocky, all the way to Star funny. Wars, all the way to, it, it, he could play anything. The range on this guy was unbelievable. He was a tremendous character actor. Has one of the best death scenes of all time in Predator. Just absolutely yep. electric death scene as Dylan. I will absolutely be watching a few Rocky movies this weekend. I'll probably fire up Predator. Probably fire up Happy Gilmore. Yeah, if you were a kid that grew up in the 80s or 90s or early 2000s, Carl Weathers has been a big part of your life. I know a lot of dads out there are hurting today. You know, I know I've talked to mine. It's just, it stinks. It's one of those actors that you lose that touches a few different generations and, uh, you know, what really stinks about it is you kind of touched on it. It felt like he had a lot more to give, and he was yeah. really starting to get going behind the camera, and I just I wish we got to see more of Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, Adam Sandler has reacted to it. He said, a true great man, great dad, great actor, great athlete, so much fun to be around always, smart as hell, loyal as hell, funny as hell. Loved his sons more than anything. What a guy. Everyone loved him. My wife and I had the best times with him every time we saw him. Love to his entire family, and Carl will always be known as a true legend. I don't know if there's a damn person in Hollywood that has a bad thing to say about the guy. No, he's he is a 100% approval rating across the board. If you're ever around me and you say a false word about Carl Weathers, you're getting a punch <laughs> to the throat. It's happening immediately. Immediate. I get you. I get you. Well, rest in peace to Carl Weathers. Passed away at 76 years of age, and he leaves behind a hell of a legacy. There's no question about it. Whether it was football, acting, directing, he did it all, and he did it all at the highest of levels and did it in a in a in a way that definitely ingratiated himself to the people around him so rest in peace to carl weathers now we have 30 minutes left in the show so we'll go ahead and spend it wise before we send you off to grizzlies versus warriors so parker fleming from Substack elitist his free grizzly Substack, he will join Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. 
And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.